And welcome to the Steelers Depot Monday live stream here on this, of course, Monday. This victory Monday is the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a 23-18 win over the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night. Pittsburgh moving to 2-1 on the season. As always, I am Alex Kazora. Joining me is Dave Bryan from SteelersDepot.com to answer as many of your Steelers questions as possible for the next hour. Dave, how you doing? Thanks for being here. Yeah, happy uh, happy Victory Monday. Uh, we kind of wondered what the tone was going to be like, right? Uh, when we did this last time t- two weeks ago, obviously coming off uh, that coming off that what at the time what the Niners loss, I think at the time, and. Uh, we said, well, let's uh, let's see what happens uh, next time we, we get together uh, with these folks and 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 do one of these live live streams. And I, I'm I'm willing to bet. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's gonna go out and purchase uh, uh, make make plans for the Super Bowl right now. But uh, I I dare say that people are probably in a little bit better frame <laughs> of mind tonight. It's a much cheerier tone, I'm sure, than our last live stream conversation after that week one shellacking at the hands of the 49ers. So, as always, we'll answer as many questions as possible until 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered, especially on probably busy days like this, you can send us a super chat. No obligation to do so, but that will move you to the front of the line. Dave, let's dive right on in. And also, if you guys could like this video and subscribe to the channel, would really appreciate that. But we'll begin here with Mark Leslie asking the hard-hitting question of Happy Victory Monday. Now Taylor Swift is off the market. Which celebrity Steelers love story do we want to see? Oh, man, I've been thinking about that all night. I have no idea. Dave, any thoughts? Steelers, uh, celebrity love story that you want to see a la uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I don't, I don't give, I don't give a rat. You know what about about it? I'm 55. I'm past all that now. Amen. All right, uh, but thank you for being here, Mark. Mutated genome, good friend of the chat, says hello, Dave and Alex. What are your assessments of Patrick Peterson so far? When Joy Porter Jr. is ready, who should he replace, Wallace or Peterson? That latter question's tough to answer. Just gonna kind of watch and see what happens. It's more likely to be, I would say, Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson, but I don't want to cement anything in stone. And as Dave says, these things can have a funny way of working themselves out. With Peterson, I, I think he's had some missed opportunities, dropped interceptions in week one, not always playing the ball the best, but good to see him bounce back with an interception last night. Uh, yeah, it was most definitely. And, you know, we talked about that, uh, that touchdown in that game on the podcast this morning and, you know, kind of an unfortunate situation. Good play called. The other team gets paid to uh, play as well, too. So, you know, drop uh, uh, drop kick uh, uh, call on that where you, you come down and you have your middle of the field safety try to cut the crosser. And when that happens, the uh, the cornerback uh, releases him and, and goes and tries to find work. And he made up a lot. I'll, I'll give him this. He, he made up a, a good amount of ground at, at the right time. And I don't know if Garoppolo purposely put that ball where, where it was, but it ended up being a perfect mm-hmm. place uh, for the ball. If he puts that thing kind of, you know, another, what, six inches to the right or whatnot, that probably hits Peterson. Uh, I don't think it would have to have been a little bit more uh, over for Peterson to, to be able to make the play on it, you know, kind of lost lost it a little bit, didn't know where it was by the time he's reaching up, the ball's already passed. But 
look, I mean, it's a gutsy call. They kind of had an idea what the what the Steelers were going to be in there, and that, and you know, if they don't call that drop kick uh, uh, call there, uh, then he has the uh, he he's going to probably easily hit the crosser up underneath for the first down anyway, right? Yeah, I'll have to go back and see what else might have been open on that play. I know, as you said, you know, Minka's cutting the crosser there and the cornerback replaces is that, you know, deep post safety. I think Peterson's been just razor close to making some of those plays, but end of the day, they're not made. I think maybe he's his play has been probably better than what some of the stats may show, but you still want to see that guy finish and hopefully, you know, you see more plays like the second half of last night where he gets his first pick. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that goes on. That goes on Patrick Peterson. You know, I see mm-hmm. some people trying to put that on Levi Wallace. You know, but uh, uh, that that that's on Patrick Peterson in that situation. It's just you know, uh, it's it, it's it's a gutsy call, it's a good throw, and timely. And they 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 caught him. Right, they did. It was a really good play call by the Raiders. Mike Adesso, good friend of the chat as well, says, Heck of a win, guys. I really like what I'm seeing from Cole Holcomb and Keanu Benton. Seems like Neil and Casey are non-existent thoughts. Yeah, Holcomb's made splash, had the big hit on Devontae Adams, had a tackle for loss last night. Benton picks up his first sack. And have you seen the all-22 back on that? I think Collinsworth referenced that one probably saved a touchdown, the Benton sack, Dave. I did not look and see the rest of the play. I I, I went straight to the actual... uh... Uh, the, the the play itself. I mean, the you know the sack. Okay. I, I I didn't hone in on the all twenty two on that. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, but either way, a great rep there from Benton that we talked about on the podcast Let me see this if morning. I can pull it up here right now. Okay. While you're talking. Yeah, and then with Neil and Casey, I don't know if non-existence is the right word. They've been rotating, and so they're not every down guys. They can always have the opportunities the way that Minka and others can. I thought Neil had a really critical third down, you know, tackle last night that set up a fourth and inches, and it led to the whole field goal and. You know, that was a play that kind of gets forgotten about in the context of what happened those final five minutes. But I thought a really good stop by him. He's just a classic box guy. And I think Casey, they've been positionally sound. There's not been those big coverage busts. And that, that's probably been the best thing you can say about those guys right now. Yeah, I, I want to go through and look at all the targets on Adams and all like that. I haven't made it that far uh, in into in kind of concentrating on on what they did and didn't do uh, with, 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 with Adams. All right, let's see. Next question comes from Jersey Boy. 70 more of a comment. Uh, I bet no one is going to give Matt Canada any credit. We do. I mean, I talked about him on an article this morning about some we, of the play call adjustments. We talked about on the podcast, yeah. And on the podcast. I thought, again, I still have to go through the all 22 um, with a fine-tooth comb, but just my general feel was the play calling was the best it's been this season last night. Yeah, look, uh, and it seemed like the playbook, uh, yeah, the, he was uh, – I mean, but uh, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, he got there so quick. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's running he's running free just inside the numbers there. But, I mean, that's that's why you pay those players mm-hmm. to win, win too. So, yeah, I, I, I get the narrative there that if, if he doesn't win that, then they got him. But uh, how, how does everybody else react? You know, it, it's sure. one of those things that's kind of hard to decipher. But, yeah, they, they do have a guy running free uh, uh, down in, just inside the numbers there. And then with Canada, were you happy overall with how things got called last night? Yeah, especially once they got – kind of got in sync there, especially in the third quarter. They had, uh, I was just uh, playing with some numbers, 133 net yards in the third quarter, Alex, on those two drives. Mm. 
uh, and they had, what did they have? 333 net for the game or something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a third of their, third of their net yards came on those two drives in the third quarter. They had some, uh, they had some pretty big, you know, pretty decent sized plays, uh, with, with, within that as well, too. It just felt as, uh, now look, it obviously didn't start out great, right? You know, three and outs and then. Uh, they just didn't see, seem to be same old Steelers for 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 the first couple of drives there until they hit that big play to Calvin Austin and then it you know they kind of got loosened up a little bit and look uh, Kenny could have made things worse there they you know Peters dropped that pick that easy pick six had some miscommunication there uh, I thought later on into the into the second quarter and then obviously coming out at halftime. Uh, I, I think a byproduct of them getting a good look at runner <clears throat> at running several things they wanted to run and getting through kind of a good portion of, 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 of what they wanted to get called in certain situations uh, in the game, obviously, and I guess they were leaving at a time you get in those other, you get in those other situations where, uh, you can start running stuff again and maybe mm-hmm. changing up the formations and kind of get an idea of, of what you're looking at. And, you know, if you remember, you go back to the game against the 49ers. I mean, you were out of it. You know, he had that two minute drive right before the end of the half. Uh, then you basically were out of it as soon as McCaffrey busted that long run run with you. So you kind of you couldn't get things that you wanted to get done in that game. And then just kind of the the ebb and flow of the Browns game wasn't great uh, overall as well either. I mean, this is the first true game where uh, I think you you go into that second half and, you, and you're able to say, hey, you know, let's let's run through some of this stuff again, and if we get this, we could do that. So uh, I think that's where you're able to see some, you know, it where where it felt like you got some pages of the playbook getting. Uh, put back in there, so to speak. There now, look, they they have warts. They they've still got the straight. This running game was better. They they had a uh, uh, just over a hundred yards in uh, uh, on the ground on that. But those are some hard earned. Yeah. Hard earned. That's the hardest one of the hardest earned hundred and three or whatever yards uh, uh, that you'll see in a little bit. I think uh, oh, 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 overall there. Uh, and you know, look, Kenny Pickett was good. What six of eight for. I don't know, 60 something yards. And was it one, one touchdown off of that? So there were some positives to build on, obviously offensively. uh, And now let's see if they can do that. Right. I mean, as you mentioned, the playbook really opens up when you have a lead, you're in control of the game, you're dictating pace and tempo, you're more successful on first down, you're getting drives going, and really things start to flow. And there's a lot that could be said about that. And I know the Raiders defense is not nearly as talented as the Browns or the 49ers, but I made the point on Twitter and on the podcast that your short week, you know, Monday to Sunday, really physical game against the Browns, you're on the road, West Coast, where you rarely win. In the NFL, it's just hard to win games, no matter what the circumstances are. I thought Pittsburgh, you know, just on paper had some of those things working against them. So to come out and, and, you know, be victorious with everything that you're dealing with, I think it's really impressive, regardless of the quality of the opponent. All right, next comment comes from John Pennington, who says, Hello, Dave and Alex. Who do you guys think is to blame for the poor Running and blocking scheme, Pat Meyer, Canada, or the players themselves? As Dave would say, yes, it's all the above. When it comes to run game, I do put things more on the O-line coach. That would be Pat Meyer, more so than the offensive coordinator. But it's it's players, it's it's scheme. I thought they ran too much you know, zone scheme the first two games. I thought they kind of pared that down a little bit in this Raiders game and just were simply 
more effective with their double teams and getting first level movement. So, I mean, it, it's it's both and. It's not uh, either or. And we saw some progress, as Dave said, but you know, both acknowledging that there's still much work to be done. Yeah, and uh, look, you still had, uh, and, and you know, it's a collective, but uh, ten, I think, ten negative plays when you count sacks and penalties and uh, take out the kneel down and 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 all like that. Now, if anything, they they did, uh, they had, I think, eight in the first half and two negative plays uh, in the second half, so that was good. But those two negative plays came right, right at right at the two minute warning in 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 the fourth quarter, right when you don't beat those <laughs> negative plays. Uh, uh, that's when they had their two of the second half there. Uh, once again, uh, part of building on what they've done at this point, I mean, it's obviously multifaceted. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they're not going in the building, uh, uh, this week thinking, Oh man, we got everything on track. Thank, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you gotta, you gotta continue to work on, on that run game. And uh, how many times did you see the guards pull? Zero. Still, believe it or not, they actually pulled a tackle once. They ran a dart scheme with more once, but they did not pull the guards, to my knowledge. Uh, maybe did you see anything different no, in this one? Not, not, not what I've uh, uh, focused on so far. There, uh, you know, you got to get this running game straightened out. Uh, you've got to, you got to get these negative plays more under control. I mean, I, yeah, they, they, they did a good job percentage-wise, I guess overall. Uh, of, of how many how many plays did they run total in this one? I think sixty, I believe was the number. Yeah, so the percentage was was down. I think it was close to what it was a quarter of the plays going into this was was negative plays after after two games, and they ran sixty plays and let's say ten of them. So what's that? Twenty uh, percent? How's my math? Uh, no, that'd be one Ten? One fifth, it's like fifteen percent. Okay, maybe. F- f- fifteen. So not very good. So there's a reason they try to kick me out of high school early. Fifteen <laughs> uh, percent. So I mean, obviously down from from the the, the near twenty five percent that that it was there. But man, if you could get those things down to you know four, five, six negative plays a game, what a difference that would make, right? I do wonder where are the best offenses in football at in terms of negative plays. What is the the bar to be searching for? I'm all about relativity in the NFL. I know. Yeah. I think the Eagles. I forget the status. Sofran Duffy tweeted out that I believe Kenneth Gainwell and DeAndre Swift don't have a, a carry for a loss this year. They're two of the three backs in football who don't. So I assume the Eagles have a low percentage of negative plays, but I don't know exactly what is a great number. Probably, probably I don't know. Five to eight percent is probably the number that puts you in those that elite, uh, you know, echelon. Well, you know, uh, uh, Stathead has a lot of things in there, but they don't have certain things that allow you to check all those boxes to put put penalties in there. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, so it takes it would take some cobbling together, I think. I'll have to look on uh, SIS and see if it'll give me the ability to do it, but I don't think it will. Yeah, I'm sure there's a way you can maybe manually have to do some some right. legwork, but probably could, could cobble things together. Maybe for a bye week is probably a good time to do that. Got a $5 Super Chat, our first one of the live stream from our friend Koality Kolos, and I apologize if I mispronounce it, but I've certainly seen you here before, and we appreciate that. Uh, I see a comment associated separately. It says, hello, everyone. Great podcast today. Dave and Alex, keep up the great work. Hashtag keep stacking. Sealers are stacking. Dave, we're going to keep stacking as well, and we thank you for the super chat there. All right, back to the questions. Says a fellow Alex, how would you guys feel about giving Nate Herbig a chance to play center over Cole? I got asked that today by a buddy. I'm not there yet. I think Cole has definitely struggled, but it's not like Herbig's a natural center, and I'm I'm going to keep riding with Mason Cole for now. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I understand the premise, and Cole hasn't. The start of this season, obviously, from where he kind of left off last year, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think is there. But I, I don't think that you're going to see them uh, uh, move that direction, and jo- with good reason. Right. Josh D. has a question about Desmond King. Says, now that Desmond King is getting a hat for games, do you think he will start seeing some defensive snaps? Sullivan is not really offering much on his nickel blitzes or run defense. Dave, you talked about this in our group chat today. What are your thoughts there? I understand everybody. Well, let me let me throw out there first and foremost. I wasn't totally convinced that he was going to get a helmet for this game uh, because uh, uh, obviously I I I tend I I was believing that they were going to still dress five wide receivers with Gunner out. So I was pretty convinced that Des Fitzpatrick was going to get uh, a helmet in that. And had he done so, then you probably weren't uh, going to dress a uh, a corner in this game. I thought maybe they would let Calvin Austin the third return kickoffs, uh, but uh, as it played out, I think the, the 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 sole reason to give Desmond King a helmet uh, Sunday night was to to do what he did, and that was you know be be the kickoff return guy and not put so much on Calvin Austin because you were dressing. Uh, uh, you know, four wide receivers to not put, uh, give you ability to not put too much on, on, on Calvin Austin's plate. Uh, as far as that goes there, uh, obviously Desmond did not see the field on, uh, on the defensive side of the football. Uh, you got to still remember he's, he's still relatively new overall, uh, for him in a normal week, which I would call, I would not call Sunday a normal week because you had, a, you know, you did some maneuvering and you had some elevations there and you, you know, you had a little bit of leeway when it came to the inactive list. But if, if it's not injury dictated, as far as the inactive list goes moving forward per se, there's going to be one. There's more than likely if you keep, you know, the 11 defensive backs on, on, on your roster, there's going to be one inactive. So it, it's probably going to come down to Desmond King and Chandon Sullivan. And here's the thing. People say, well, just, just put Chandon Sullivan on the bench. Okay. Uh, I, I, I get that side of the argument, I guess, as well, too. But you got to remember, Chandon Sullivan's played 41 or 42 special team snaps through, through three games. So who – and that's not really Desmond King's forte, per se – uh, whereas you, know, you could say that, you know, Chandon really doesn't give you that much anyway, but I mean, Chandon's been out there for 40, you know, if you went that way, then you're going to have to do so to be committed with a Desmond King would, would replace, you know, Chandon Sullivan in those packages. And then second, you're almost committing yourself to Ch- uh, Desmond King, uh, being part of special teams for, for what Chandon Sullivan's doing. So I understand the push and all like that. But if he does see the field, then it, it feels like it would be a one-for-one for Chandon Sullivan, right? Yeah, that's my guess, too. I mean, you know, the, to the question, he was getting ahead, as you said last night, really for the return work, which it takes a lot for Mike Tomlin to put a defender out there, but they really didn't have many other options. And I know people think, well, Calvin Austin's a return guy. He didn't do kicks at Memphis, and he really hasn't in the NFL. Obviously, was, you know, hurt all last year and you know, really didn't get a ton of work there this summer. He's a punt returner, but he's not really a kick returner. They are different skill sets, so that's why they went with King. You know, we'll see. Assuming Olszewski clears protocol this week, what happens for Sunday? Does Olszewski get the hat? Does he get a redemption opportunity? Does King remain the guy? 
I'm not really sure, but I don't know if Pittsburgh, you know, activating King last night, giving him a helmet was anything about defensive capability. It was really about the return aspect. All right, got a couple of super chats I want to get to. Also, 101 people in the chat. So thank you guys so much for the great turnout. 20 minutes into the live stream. Be sure to hit the like button to bring in even more of Steelers Nation. Dave and I would really appreciate that. Uncle BB94 says, favorite Mortal Kombat character. Dave, do you, you play that? Uh, oh, up or no, any of that stuff? no, no, no. Same I here. didn't. I, I mean, I, I, occasionally I throw some quarters in there or whatnot, but... Not enough to have. Uh, I, I unfortunately didn't didn't have a, didn't do that. Yeah, not uh, my thing. So sorry there, Uncle BB. Don't have a good answer for you, but we thank you for the super chat. Thank you for hanging out with Dave and I tonight. Michael Limbacher says, "What is generally the proper technique for a tackle when tight end is chipping on an edge?" I saw Chooks drifting back quite a bit when the tight end was chipping Crosby. Yeah, that's a fair question. I don't have a, a perfect, exact answer to that. You got to be careful because sometimes. You know, when those guys chip, the, the, the DN takes a different path and you have to, you know, make sure you're not oversetting. We've seen running backs that chip and actually hurt the tackle because the DN gets bumped inside and the tackle's not expecting it and the guy actually wins because of it. So, you know, you know you have edge help there, so it's probably a, a shorter set. You're not worried about losing the edge as much. You're just kind of being patient and um, hoping that, you know, with a chip and you kind of just have a, you know, solid pass set that's not super aggressive that you know, the ball's going to be out by the time uh, that guy has any chance to get to the quarterback. So I don't have the exact detail to that. I had to have, I'll have to go back and kind of watch what you're referencing there, Michael. Um, but it's just kind of about, you know, making sure you don't get beat inside and just, you know, allowing enough time to go by where that ball is going to be thrown. All right. All right, but thank you for the super chat, Michael. I'll scroll back on up here and let's see what else we have. I uh, got 100 people here in the chat. So again, thank you guys for that. Captain Spartan 04 says the top candidates to replace Matt Canada. He rattles off Jim Caldwell, Pep Hamilton, Spencer Whipple, Byron Leftwich, and Daryl Bevel. Daryl is my favorite currently. Dolphins pass coordinator and lots of experience. Dolphins hanging 70 on Denver yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I'm not thinking too much about replacements for Canada. You know, good game overall last night. Probably a conversation to have after the season. Yeah, I don't have time to <laughs> dig deep in, <laughs> in into any of that. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk. We're probably going to have plenty of time to talk about that right after the season. We'll sure. see. Uh, Javi Burke, 420. What do you think of all the Najee hate, Dave? What do you think about all the Najee hate going around? I just think, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's just mostly relegated to people like the burst that uh, Jalen Warren has. They like his ability. I mean, he's been good in the past game for sure. But I think if you look at him one-to-one from a rushing standpoint, uh, they're, uh, Najee's probably got the upper hand on him from, from, from the rushing standpoint, doesn't he? I had at least at least this year I'll pull him up right now mm-hmm. here but uh uh I know Jalen you know obviously has been excelling in 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 the passing game uh so far this season let's see Najee has 139 yards uh on 35 carries 4.0 average and Jalen Warren has 55 yards on 17 carries for 3.21 uh uh average yeah so uh, I I just think that you know, you, you're dealing out, you're obviously in a little bit too different style. You know, Jalen's Jalen obviously seems to uh, have that burst uh, uh, right out of the shoot behind the line. Whereas Najee's, you know, more of a, you know, takes him a little while to get, get, 
you know, get, get going there. And you kind of wonder, you know, if you run into so many of these, you know, inside the way they're being blocked up with some of these you know, inside zone runs, you, you do kind of wonder maybe if it would be best suited for Jalen Warren over a, 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 a larger, you know, sample size, uh, so to speak. Uh, so, I mean, I, 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 I get that aspect and I think Jalen, does give you a little bit more, obviously, in the passing game. Heck, uh, Najee has, what, three catches for two yards so far. Jalen has 12 for 101 yards, mm. you know. Uh, uh, and then, I mean, look what Jalen did in the pass protection aspect of it as well, too. Now, he did have – he had a miss in uh, – Browns game. The Browns game and all that was, uh, you know, missed assignment and all like that and all. But, uh, look, Jalen's a fine back. I, I think you're – and how many snaps did those two uh, split yesterday? I think it was pretty close, almost 50-50, yeah. I believe, with the, with the numbers on, on those two. Yeah, you'll probably see, you know, something probably about – let's see, Najee played 31 and uh, Warren played 28. Uh, I don't know. You might you might start seeing percentages around that uh, moving forward. Sure. I mean, I'm a big Jalen Warren fan. I love the player, love the story. I think he is more explosive. I think he's great on pass downs as a pass protector and, and receiver and effort guy. And so I'm really happy for the role there. But I do think the Najee hate has been too much. I mean, this guy I thought ran super hard last night. Statistically, I hadn't checked the more advanced numbers after the Raiders game, but I know going into it and probably still after the fact that Najee was more successful in basically every metric, whether that's run success rate, yards per carry, yards after contact, you know, big explosive runs, that kind of stuff. Um, he's been better. He just outproduced Jalen Warren. It's not a knock on him. The line is struggle, but those are the numbers. You know, I was listening to pro football talk this morning between Mike Florio and Chris Sims, and first thing they talk about is how much better Jalen Warren is than Najee Harris. I'm like, that's how, that's how you're going to recap this game? Like, there's so many other things to talk about than just kind of this tired talking point. So, um, you know, I, I think it's probably been a little overdone by the media. Yeah, uh, look, I, I I said that I thought that they had to find ways to get Jalen on the, on the field more, and they're doing that. You yeah, know? but I think people uh, didn't realize, like, he was a third down back last year. He's a third down back this year. There's plenty of times he's getting opportunities to see the field. Right. All right, uh, let's see. We'll go on to the next question here from John Horvat. says, hey, Alex, I remember last year James Daniels was moving around to different O-line spots at the end of games. Did you notice this yet this year? Well, it, you couldn't find that out in week one because I didn't kneel down. But I, I had checked after the Browns game and I took a glance after the Raiders game. I've not seen them flip spots in the way that James Daniels was kind of playing musical chairs on kneel downs last year. So that may be done, but he has not moved. Let's let them string together a couple of wins <laughs> before we start playing around like that and For getting sure. a little bit too cocky, you know? For sure. Uh, Joshua Dade, actually, uh, before that, we got a question there about uh, horrible, really a comment. Horrible officiating comment, please. Yeah, I don't think the refs were great last night. Um, the Minka, you know, Fitzpatrick penalty was very questionable. Two missed, you know, uh, to me, forcible contact me with Kenny Pickett on the helmet were, were missed by the officials. Um, not Not great overall. Yeah, I didn't think the officiating was 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 great overall as well too, and they had to pick up a couple of fly. Well, thankfully they did on a couple of those, right? You know, yeah, the whole thing, uh, the Minka. Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't great, and you would have that. I mean, it's already it's a talking point anyway. The uh, the the Minka hit and all like that. It really would have been a talking point had uh, uh, they somehow found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory uh, in 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 that one there. And uh, look, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, if uh, Max 
Crosby gets fined, uh, and we'll all be waiting Saturday afternoon to see if uh, if Minka gets fined. And obviously, if Minka does not get fined, that probably means that he probably didn't deserve that flag uh, either uh, there. Uh, there were a couple other more, uh, what I would you know consider much more egregious uh, penalties, like the uh, you know, Kenny about needed a, a nose job there mm-hmm. uh, from from Max Crosby, and I think there's one or two other ones with with some uh, hands hands in the helmet there. But yeah, it wasn't great. But uh, uh, it will be interesting to see. I mean, they they they're doling out. I don't know if it's up. Is it up or down from last year through through two weeks? Well, they didn't release numbers the way they did uh, yeah, this year last year, so true. I don't I don't know. But there's been an emphasis on some of those lowering the helmet moments, and so I imagine it's actually probably been up compared to last year. All so right. does that so does that lead you to believe that they're going to find Minka? Uh, my guess is yes, but we'll see. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, but I'll certainly be watching for that come Saturday at 4 o'clock. He'll appeal it. He will. He will. Um, would he win it, though? If he's been flagged for it and fined for it, I don't know if the appeal is going to work, but maybe. It worked for Quan Alexander until they got him again after this Browns game, so still paying out the wazoo. All right, question from, what do we have here? Joshua Dade. Good evening, guys. Thanks for all you do for the Steelers fan base. Thank you, Joshua. My question is, what do you think of the Canada promotion a la Keith Butler? And you brought this to my attention a short time ago, Dave, that Mark Cabali from The Athletic is refuting that report from Jordan Schultz that was saying that Canada's going to have a more prominent role working with Kenny Pickett on a you know daily basis in some sort of increased capacity. I don't really know overall. All I know is that he's the play caller. It's not going to change the equation of should Canada be kept or not. So we are where we are. Yeah, now you got a he said, she said, right? Yep. So, uh, I mean, my 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 first when when that report came out uh, yesterday was it morning? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought yeah, that that don't sound right, but uh, I mean, who who knows and who who told who what and i mean i as you mentioned if 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 they were going to do anything would it make sense to bring canada down out of the booth and on the sideline and you know if he want does want that much more contact and and obviously that didn't happen so i i got to be honest with you i uh past once the game got started i mm. i haven't thought too terribly much about it same. I forgot to even talk about it on the podcast today because it's just so right. other things to talk about. And even if there is some sort of slight change in reshuffling, it's going to be minor. It's not going to make or break Pickett or Canada or his job or this team season. So if we find out more later in the season, we'll talk about it. But for now, I'm just kind of moving on. All right, next question comes from David Kapoor, who says, who was your player of the game? I was thinking Presley. You know, I'm going to go Harvin, too. I mean, that was a, like legitimately a, a historically good game for a Steelers punter. Six punts, 53.8-yard average, field flipping moments for him. Harvin has been really good in back-to-back weeks. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, he, he, did, he did have some key punts at some key times, especially that last one, too, right? You oh know? yeah, that was that was big. I mean, the game. I mean, the game was uh, probably over either way, but still a yeah. great, great way to cap that. I mean, yeah, but you can go Pickett, you can go Watt, you can go Calvin. A lot of names here. Yeah, uh, I will give it a three-way. I'll give it. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give a three-headed uh, star of the game. I'll give it to Pickett, Watt, and Harvin. All right, there you go. And uh, let's give it to the uh, pilot that got the, the Steelers home. That was a 
fun, quote-unquote, fun overnight for the Steelers having to make an emergency stop in Kansas City, but they got wheels on the ground at about, I think, 1.30 or so uh, this afternoon in Pittsburgh. All right, let's see what else we have. Luis Cervantes, uh, thoughts on Benton? Thought he was great last night. Yeah, he got constant pressure. I think I had him down for four pressures in this game. I think they're all kind of concentrated to a, maybe the third quarter or so. So the sack was great, as we talked about. Good reps for Keone Benton. And I even and I mentioned about his need to show power. Then I saw the clip from Josh Carney about that long arm pushing back par in the left guard. So that's what, what I really want to see more of from Keone Benton. When... When was his first snap in that game? It it took a while for him to show up on the uh, on the all twenty two reel. What you got the charting done? Is it yeah, in front of you? I think I can pull it up. I don't know if you guys will see it or not. I don't think you'll uh, be able to. So let me just pull it up here. And it, it, it he didn't start, and it did take him a little bit. You're right about that. So just kind of give me one second here, and I can try to sort through how many snaps. What we say twenty one snaps for Benton twenty, 20 something. See, I all I do is I use these live chats to get more information. I get Alex <laughs> on, on the phone. And I get more this more information out of long con <laughs> over here. Let's see when Benton's snap count was roughly twenty one. Okay. 21 snaps. Uh, I'm showing 6-12 in the first quarter. It'll be the 12th okay. play of the game that he got his first snap in. Okay. It seemed like it was a little bit later than that. But yeah. uh, uh, lucky he, he stuck out on tape again. And we talked about him on the podcast. You get that feel with him, man, at this point. And I said this this morning, kind of a cross between Javon Hargrave and Stephon Toot. And Toot was so good. And I think you referenced that in one of the posts last night or this morning. And obviously in previous podcasts about just being able to uh, flip those hips and get through. And and he doesn't. Obviously, Hargrave was 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 known for, for some of that, that, uh, that short quickness, right? And that and that initial power uh, uh, with him, and uh, you know, it kind of feels like you marry those two, a uh, uh, couple of things that both those two players did well. Marry them together, I think you got Keanu Benton there, and the fact that he is sticking out like he is, like he has so far. What has he got? Like sixty something snaps on the season. I have to look that up here real quick. Uh, but I mean, what? Obviously, what? Uh, Baldy had a uh, Baldinger had a. Uh, thing on him i think it was last week mm-hmm. on him and uh i think we've talked about him a few times already on you know since the season started here so he definitely is on a on a good track overall let's see here defensive snaps for uh him 78 snaps so far okay yeah he certainly rotated in it's not been a full complement of snaps but he is a a nose tackle as a as a backup so you're not going to play 50 60 snaps per game but he's been getting worked in and his game is growing and and hopefully the snap counts will uh be on the rise for him but yeah i mean carl dunbar the d-line coach his whole point is can you can you turn your hips and get vertical and he can do that i mean he's got really loose hips for a guy his stature and that's uh that, that's a pretty rare trait to have for for again his build a uh, victory asher with a five dollar super chat thank you for that says canada must not run the same past game plans against the texans no jet sweeps moving the pocket the texans will study those plays on film yeah i mean can you build off of that can you have constraint plays to work off of those types of things that'll be the next mission for matt canada so overall i thought it was a pretty well called game last night and uh, hopefully he can build upon that yeah, they're going to have to figure out what they're doing so they can't get uh, keyed keyed on on some of those things now. And that you know, uh, Peters certainly was keying on, uh, you know, coming out of that bunch and motioning uh, mm-hmm. uh, out of that. So they they need to look hard and hard and heavy at those uh, uh, tendencies of theirs. 
and hopefully just, I mean, you know, I know the coaches talk about trying to tune this stuff out, and I'm sure Canada's not on Twitter looking at his mentions and all that kind of stuff, but did you see him after the completion to Robinson last night on that third and two? They had that shot up to the booth. He looked a nervous wreck. He was really looking <laughs> in rough shape, so maybe just good for him to kind of have everything just be a little bit calmer for a week and have some stuff to feel to feel good about. Need some, uh, need, need him a pack of camels up there, right? <laughs> really <Jay>? did. <laughs> Go, uh, Jim Leland up there, uh, smoke up in the booth, huh? <laughs> you got all the 1960s on that for sure, but yeah, it was, uh, that was good to see though for Canada for this offense. I mean, I know it's easy to rag on the guy, but happy to see, uh, some, some positive things for us to talk about. All right, scrolling back up, and again, if you guys could. Like the stream, about 25 minutes left with Dave and I, and then we're going to go watch the uh, Monday night game between the Bengals and the Rams. Go gotta, Rams! Go Rams! Yeah, put those Bengals to 0-3. The Pierce Joe Burrow is going to give it a go for Cincinnati tonight. Virgin, in the, if possible, would you make a trade coming up for a center or corner for real good ones available, giving up a high draft pick, or just wait till the offseason? Probably not. I mean, I have not thought for a second and obviously these player trades are rare to occur and i'm not sure who would even be possibly available so unlikely but never gonna shut the door on, on uh, anything there dave yeah i mean i think a a what's gonna happen these next couple of weeks are you in it are you out of it do you have injuries either way uh that 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 got you on top of it it's so hard to speculate about that kind of stuff there and uh i mean from from where i sit Right now, I doubt it happens, but, you know, stranger things have happened. I just, I, I just, it's too far out right now for me to think about. Herb's play says, did the offense get better or did we just play a worse defense? What do you think, Dave? Uh, this is the NFL, A. Uh, so I think if you look at it from the Steelers side of football, uh, we saw we saw things get better in certain stages there. Uh, now, was that uh, Raiders defense, all that, uh, like the like the first two they faced? No. Uh, and when you, you know, when you consider uh, uh, the other edge for them, did he? Uh, uh, Tyree Wilson? About yeah. How many snaps did he even play in that game? I believe 11. Did not play much in this yeah, game. Yeah, because he had an illness that mm -hmm. he uh, was battling the first two days of practice there. And then he shows up and they, you know, McDaniel says he's going to play and all like that. Then he ended up seeing that uh, third edge of theirs, Kuntz, uh, have to play. And then even he got dinged up in that game. And then who who else, who did they move? To? Was it Tiller? Uh, yeah, I think Tillery? Jerry Tillery, probably. Uh, and also, uh, you know, I still thought the Raiders overall did a f decent job, I guess, against the run, uh, uh, as a whole there, but, uh, I guess the correct answer to his question would be yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, we saw some improvements in the Steelers offense. Uh, yes, that it wasn't the quality of defense that they had faced in the first two weeks, uh, there and, you know, as we've made sure to point point out, you know, there there are still warts on 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 the Steelers' offensive side of football as well too, with the negative plays and you know, uh, uh, definitely the running game. Even though it got 100 yards and that, it still looked you know clunky for 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 for, for the most part there. So, uh, yes. 
I think that's the right answer. I think it's the only answer. Yes, I think the offense did get better. I worked work my way through that one. <laughs> to get to a simple one word, yes. But you're right. Offense did get better. It was a worse defense. What does that mean long term? We'll wait. We'll see. But there were some strides made. And hopefully that can, can continue against the Texans. But again, I'm not going to take anything away from this team because the offense has been bad. And so it's not like they were you know, blowing teams out, hanging 70 like Miami. And, you know, you kind of expect that from, from this team to have some success. They had not had success so far, and so they're going to celebrate that, and hopefully it keeps getting better. Uh, let's see, we have a comment from our friend Russ Obenstein. says, how's everyone on Victory Monday? How are you, Alex and Dave? Miracles do happen. I made it on time. Russ, glad you're here. Hopefully you're feeling good, my man, and thank you for hanging out in the chat tonight. Let's see. Got okay, I, I was just uh, last night went a little bit smoother than uh, than than it felt the normal for us post game. Even though I still didn't get to bed till late though, but I was able to get through the uh, the TV copy. And first thing this morning, the all twenty two mm-hmm. was sitting there and was uh, man, it's like it's like having a Christmas once a week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's been it, it's been it was. I saw you already going through the tape this morning. I'm like, I know Dave's a happy camper because the all 22 is up and he's rolling through some of the sacks last night and some good tape to watch. Mm-hmm. Tim Chase, why is Pat Frymuth such a terrible blocker? His best block was when he ran into Washington. I mean, he's not a huge guy relative to tight ends, and I don't know, just maybe the play strength, inline strength isn't there. It's just not not his calling card. Man, they're tight ends overall right now. I mean, Washington included. The the pass blocking's been a lot better mm-hmm. uh, uh, than the run blocking. That's that's part of uh, uh, you know. And look, the offensive line's got their their their, their problems as well too. But uh, you want to talk about things to to uh, definitely work on. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, with Fire Firemuth, when it comes to you know end of the line guy and 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 a run, you know I. I, I don't know if you're going to see that much more improvement from him uh, in, in, in that part of his game uh, there. But obviously the, one of the calling cards on Washington coming out was that run blocking, right? And uh, are they asking him to do too much on the move? No, I just think he's a rookie. And even though he was a more NFL-ready type of tight end, it's still a tough transition to make. And he's got to work on leverage and his technique and you kind of get by a bit on some of that just freakish size and length that he has at the college level. You can't do that at the NFL level. And some of those base blocks is going to have some, some issues. And I think Pittsburgh kind of asked a lot of it out of their tight ends in the blocking scheme as well. So that's another, another component to it. So I think it'll come, but I, I expected it to be, you know, kind of rocky, kind of, you know, mixed bag at times for Darnell Washington. I think it has been. Would like to see Muth get a little bit better, though. I don't know how much better he's going to get at this point, but I, I there might be a room for a little bit. I, I think there is room for a little bit more improvement when it comes to him. But I, I just think the tight end position group as a whole through these first three games hasn't done a great job blocking. No, run I agree. Blocking. I think it run, has run been. Blocking. Pass blocking has been better. I think run blocking with the tight ends have been a big issue, especially in those first two weeks. Faceless Man says, why didn't we go for a field goal to extend the lead before the half with two timeouts and 50 seconds left? I mean, Tomlin not asked about that, but the obvious, you know, implication there is we're, you know, I think we had the lead, whatever the score was at halftime, Pittsburgh was up, let's just go into the half there with the lead, not uh, risk a mistake there that might get the Raiders uh, a play there before the break. I wasn't, I wasn't fond of that. No? no Where did I they get the ball at to start that drive? They were kind of backed up though, weren't they? Where was it? Hold on. I mean, it was inside the 25, I'm pretty sure. I don't know exactly where it was, but it's not like they were, they weren't at, you know, the, the 35 or 40 or something where you feel like get a first down or two and you're in boss's range. Uh, 
let's see here. It was at the oh, at their twenty. At their twenty, it was yeah. the last play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Raiders' pass rush were starting to, you know, make some hay, and you don't want to pick a guy that got hit a lot in the first half. So I'm okay going to the half the way that they did. I mean, what what are you thinking? You 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 run a run. If you bust one, then you go hurry up at that point. And you know, I mean, I, it was 38 seconds, I think, on the clock. Why not? Why not try to hit something for 15? You know, 12, 12, 15. And if you hit it, you know, with that first play, and then then get up and hurry up and see if you can't get in field goal range there. You know. Sure, I get that. I mean, it would have been fair to do so, but I, I'm okay. Grand scheme of things, for Tomlin just kind of sitting on the ball there to to go into the half with the uh, the advantage. And then Faceless Man says, I don't think the playbook actually opened up. He called the same run play six times. Yeah, I believe Najee said post-game they, they paired the run game menu down. But whenever we say the playbook opening up, it's, you know, you're not behind in the half in the game the way that they were week one. You're not, you know, so unsuccessful on first down the way that they were against Cleveland. So you're just able to marry your run and pass game concepts a lot more effectively, get into a flow and a rhythm. And probably, as you said, they've kind of worked deeper into your game plan. So it wasn't that Pittsburgh ran a million different concepts, especially with their run game, but they just could stay on schedule, stay on script a bit more and kind of follow the game plan. Right. And then, you know, you're getting, you're, you're obviously not down. You're getting into uh, different parts of the field, uh, same situations, down distance personnel groupings where it allows you uh, to, to do something else instead of just coming out and throwing every time, right. you know, right. and all. that's what we mean by, by kind of opening up, it gives you kind of a, a second and a third run at, 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 at some looks after getting a certain look out of a certain personnel grouping. Uh, the first time you could come back and say, okay, well, on, on this down a distance, you know, if we throw this personnel grouping up there, they're probably going to answer with this. If we change, you know, if we if if we make the call where the formation's a little bit different, can we can we execute something, you know, uh, uh, better the second time? Yeah, I think that's well said by you. Got another super chat or second of the day from Michael Limbaka, who says uh, not to excuse Canada, but the skill players seem more much more underwhelming than most thought. DJ Hurt seems like very little separation thoughts. Yeah, I think you're right, Michael. I think this team's missing Johnson. Obviously, clearly their best route runner, best separator. Uh, they don't really have somebody else that can separate super consistently. Pickens has improved, but it's still not his calling card. Same with Allen Robinson. Austin obviously can take the top off of defense, as he did last night, but he's not a guy that's going to be a super high-volume type of player. So, sure, when you lose Deontay, your top guy, teams roll coverage to Pickens more, and it kind of has a cascading effect, and that's certainly one thing to consider here. Right, and that's why it's important that well, when you get a chance to get the ball in the hands of a, a, a Pickens uh, or 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 Fryermuth, uh or a Warren, out, you know, out, you know, out 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 in you know in in the passing game there, that they 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 make plays when given the opportunity there uh, for sure. Because yeah, look, I mean, how many back shoulder throws did we see to uh, to to Austin in that game too? Yeah, at and least that's two, a, both and that's, that's that's not. I don't think that's something you want to make a habit out of, you know, uh, for sure. But whereas, uh, and look, I mean, Deontay is your best separator on the team. So, uh, but you know, they have uh, they've won two games now without him. So true. You know, they ha- had to gut it out. They hopefully uh, you would kind of expect them at least from where I sit, to to win a third one uh, without him. And then we'll, you, know, you, you take your chances. You go in and play, play Baltimore, and uh, you know, may, maybe you can get through this thing 3-2 uh, or 4-1 through the bye and, and, and get a guy like Deontay back at that point. 
But that would be, I think, the best case scenario in the way that you're trying to draw this thing up right now. So I'm with you uh, there, Dave. John Horvat, is Kenny allowed to call hots this year unlike last year, or is he unable to change the play at the line still? Matt Canada asked about that last Thursday, said that Kenny does have freedom at the line. So, you know, what exactly does that mean and how does that reveal itself? Maybe hard to say, but according to Canada, Pickett does have that freedom. Right. Tim Chase, $5 Super Chat, just came in. Thank you, Tim. Says, Connor Hayward, not a very good short yardage runner, ran too upright, I thought. Yeah, probably I hadn't looked at it through that lens, but James Daniels getting beat there by Bilal Nichols, pretty good, uh, you know, blew that play up, and that to me was the core reason why that third and one on the opening possession failed. Yeah, I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan of giving him the ball that early in the game he, uh, anyway. Uh, but uh, you're right, Nichols uh, crossed, uh, slanted in, and and blew that whole 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 thing up at that point. Uh, there, uh, yeah, I bet a lot of people weren't, weren't weren't happy to see him get an early carry in that in that type of situation. There, you know, mm-hmm. what do you have Najee for? You know, yeah, no, exactly. K Y O O Bed, do you think some of the blame for lack of success has to be on the O line coach? The guards they signed were known commodities, and they've seemed to fall apart under this scheme coaching. Sure, again, I think Pat Meyer takes some responsibility for that. There's no question about that. Um, but again, I, I saw some progress last night. I think Say Malu, was, I was going through the run blocking tape before we jumped on the live stream. I thought Say Malu overall was creating lanes in the run game. The double teams were better and stronger. They were getting more movement at the first level. So work to be done, no doubt about that. But there's been some improvement. And some of that zone stuff, though, they, they seem to just get stuck, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, don't Don't get off. Nathan Casey, why don't the Steelers ever go no huddle and rush up for third and short, especially uh, early to get that first third down quarterback sneak and get a first so there are less three and outs? Yeah, I mean, it's a thought. You know, they've been asked about tempo and increasing the pace, I think, every single week so far. Um, It's always an option. A bit harder to do on the road. I know it was kind of a home feel last night, but generally you kind of game plan for those things more at home than you are for away games. They did have the the old push push last night for a conversion, so there was that you know quarterback sneak element to it. Um, but you know it's a it's a fair thought overall. All right, what else do we have here? With about ten minutes left here in the live stream, so be sure to get your questions in last second, and Dave and I will try to fly through as many as we can. I want to thank you guys for being here tonight as I scroll back up to find Rye left off. Uh, David O, how about the Raiders' decision to kick the field goal in the fourth quarter? Yeah, questionable. I know McDaniels has taken a lot of heat for that, so hadn't thought about it much because that's a a Raiders thing to think about, but I was surprised to see them uh, go for three there. Yeah, as we talked about on the podcast this morning, uh, still felt like you needed a stop there. You know, either either way, and it was it was only a what well, was a fourth and four situation. I I the the first time before the penalty and all. I mean, I I I, I kind of get it in that situation, but mm-hmm. I mean, four yards, you're down that deep and all. You know, why why not go for it? And and you're still gonna need a stop. And if you turn the ball over on downs, just you know take your chances to get the stop deck right. down in the in the in the Steelers in there. Yeah, so that's that's my thought as well. But that's the decision that got made. Nate Weem says, you've talked about the predictability of the sprint out on second along in the past. How about the predictability of the run on second and 10? Do you have any data on that under Canada? Got to be 80%. I, I can't pull that right now, Nate. If you're there Thursday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time for my weekly mailbag, if you ask that, then I will have some time to be able to look that up. 
I know I looked it up last year, and I don't think Pittsburgh was actually that much of an offender on second and long runs. I'd have to go back and check, though. I don't know where they're at in this one. There were a couple last night against the Raiders that, that certainly can be frustrating, but I don't have the actual data on uh, what the run rate on second and long is for Pittsburgh. Uh, what do you want? Second and seven or more or what? Uh, he says second and ten. I don't know. He says second and long, second and ten. So maybe go right, call second and eight plus runs. All right. Second and eight. Uh, last night alone, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven runs. Oh, that is a lot. Out, out of one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So eight out of ten uh, mm. last night. It uh, looks like, and let me double check the numbers. Seven runs. Yeah, so that that is pretty high. I did feel I mean, some of that might have come late in the game when they're trying to kill some clock, but still, they they definitely did have a tendency to run on second and long. You know, does that apply to the whole season and Canada's tenure? I'm not sure, but last night. Certainly understand the uh, the question there, Nate. I can break that up for you real quick too. Three of them in uh, three of those. Uh, what did I tell you? Seven. Mm-hmm. Three of the seven in the first half, and even before uh, the the third of those three was at eleven oh eight in the second quarter. Even so, three of their first four uh, second and and those were all second and ten. By the way. Uh, were, were, were runs, and then the final four, two of them came in the third quarter, and two of them came in the fourth quarter. Okay, so definitely a, a thought and a concern last night, but I, again, I don't know how that applies to a more uh, a bigger picture of the season and of, tenures, uh, of uh, Canada's OC tenure. All right, a couple more questions before we close things out. Mike Odessa, after three games, can you rate any of the O-linemen play above the line? Uh, would you, Dave? I mean, a core four I thought was good the first two games. He was struggling more last night. Say, Malu, I don't know, would you call him above the line? Yeah, he was the best of the group, I thought, last night. Okay, what about his play just overall this season? Would that be it's, still it's, above the line? Uh, barely. Probably borderline, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know not been a great showing overall, Mike. Uh, let's see. Do you think the offense plays even better next week? I mean, maybe. We'll see. They're on Houston. They're not, you know, a tremendous defense, but they're going to get some pieces back, and Jalen Petre, I believe, is going to return for them. So hadn't thought about it too much yet, see what the injury situation is, but hopefully they can, you know, stack performances. And look, and, and, and once again, you know, it's not like <laughs> – it's not like we're dealing with the Miami Dolphins right now uh, uh, here on the offensive side of football. It was better, but there is a lot of room for improvement. And uh, any regression from what we saw last night will will will, will put give you another L. I think mm-hmm. you know in 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 a heartbeat there. So uh, you definitely want to see it. I mean, there you want to talk about room for improvement. There is room for improvement on this offense still. So now you, uh, the the expectation I would think would be you know sew up these negative plays and and uh, get rid of all these second and long runs and uh, you know like like he pointed out there and uh, they only had what two explosive plays in the game uh, I, I I think overall and what were they on third down in this game forty percent. Which is decent. You take it. Uh, can work six on it. of fifteen. You know, you'd like to get a little bit better than that, obviously. Uh, 
and explosive plays were just uh, two, I believe. And how yeah, many red zone the, trips? One. Uh, one, wasn't it? Yeah, they, you think you said they've only had three the entire season? Yeah, they're two for three in 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 in, in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, had you told me three games in, it'd be 66% in the red zone. I'd be like, all right, I'm taking that until you told me it was two or three. And I'm like, I, right. I, they, they hit the big plays, granted, but still you sure. want to see more trips inside the 20. Right, right. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, they, they've got room for improvement in this thing. And, and you, you hope against Houston that you see another step forward in there. Because, once again, if you, if you regress – and look, they, they, you know, Kenny didn't throw an interception. He should have, should have thrown one, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they didn't turn the football over. Right. Correct. I mean that, you know, how big a stat is that? I mean, Huge. it's an obvious stat and, but when you got a young team like this and all, I mean, it's, it, it, it really gets magnified. So, uh, if you take any regression on offense into this next game against the Texans, and then you throw in a, a, a turnover or something or two on top of it, you, you, you know, you probably are going to come out with an L. So uh, they've got to build on what we saw uh, the other night. There is room to build. Zero turnovers is the reason why Pittsburgh went 7-2 and two down the stretch last year. They had, what, one turnover, two turnovers in the final nine games of the season post-buy. I mean, it was incredible. I and mean, Kenny threw just one pick. So you no turnovers last night. You're plus three in the turnover margin. You got eight takeaways through three games. That's That's a huge reason for the success so far. Will Kendrick Green play on Sunday? We'll see. If Laramie Tunsil remains out with, I believe, a knee injury, then Green is likely to start at left guard. If Tunsil does play, we'll see if they kick Josh Jones from left tackle back to left guard and put Green on the bench, or could they stick with Green at left guard? Probably would just keep Jones at left guard and start him, but watch Laramie Tunsil, and that'll probably give you an idea about Kendrick Green's status. 10509 says, doing my part and like the stream to do my part for the most criminally underappreciated analysts in Steelers Nation. Religiously watch all your content, but always miss live streams due to work. 10509, thank you so much for the kind words, and we're glad you you could make it for this stream tonight. Thank you, everybody showed up. For sure. A couple more questions just to wrap things up. Chan Yang, what is your assessment on our new linebacker group after three games? I think the inside backers have been better than last year. Holcomb making splash plays. Roberts being a hammer. Quan's been decent overall. Um, I think they've gotten better, you know, from where they were, you know, week one, for example. So some slow but steady improvement. Yeah, definitely better than the group last year or last couple years, really, for that matter, uh, right now. But uh, just like on the offensive side of football, there, there, there is there is some room for improvement. Yeah, I think once again, going back through that uh, tape uh, this morning on the defensive side of the ball, you know, it, it really struck me that they did a lot better job of, of, of yards after first contact. I mean, uh, Jacobs had, what, uh, 80 total yards from scrimmage on 20 total touches uh, in this game, but only had 60-something yards rushing on, I think, like 17. So they did a, a good job overall because, look, I mean, uh, Nick Chubb, I mean, had Nick Chubb not gone down in that game, who knows what he would have gone for uh, in, in, in that Cleveland game. And, uh, you know, part of it, too, you're thinking is could, could the run defense – be any worse than it was Mm -hmm. uh in in those first two games because as we had pointed out ahead of time if they gave up something what 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 was a hundred and i forget what number 130 yards if they they had given up 130 something yards in that game last night on the ground that would have been the worst start in franchise history for rushing yardage allowed by the steelers since the merger 
Right. That's how bad it's been. Yeah. You know? And had they only run for 60, they would have had the worst rushing uh, offensive output. Right, Dave? That was a stat that you pulled well, on that? Correct. Yeah, they, they ran <clears throat> they ran the chance of of uh, both sides of the football would run in, run in the football of, of getting off to the worst three-game start uh, in franchise history since the merger had things not gone uh, right. Yeah, but they avoided it, and that's uh, ultimately all the things that matter is just the outcome, and, and Pittsburgh got better on both sides of the trenches in this one. Uh, Zygmunt says, when will Dan Moore be replaced by Broderick Jones? Hard to believe Jones could be any worse than Moore in Jones' athleticism. Yeah, I don't know when. I mean, I don't think Pittsburgh's in a, an immediate hurry to, to make a change there, so I don't know when, but uh, not against the Texans, I'll tell you that much, and that's, just, that's how I'm taking this thing week by week right now. Yeah, I don't think it happens this week, uh, and maybe not the next week either, but potentially right after the bye, we'll see. It's it's going to happen. Uh, Austin, has Calvin Austin exceeded your expectations so far through three games? If so, what has impressed from his game? His blocking, his effort, I think it's been noticeable. Oh, but, man. But, but I think he's met expectations. I think he was going to be a feast famine guy, some big plays, some quiet moments. He had the big play last night, so I think to me he squarely met expectations. Oh yeah, so far, uh, so far, so good with him for sure. And even on that, uh, on that, on that uh, Pickens uh, 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 crosser mm-hmm. on that rub Blocks. off there, uh, he's down there doing work. I mean, that, that, for for a little guy, he's not afraid to uh, to body up out there down the field, and he did it on 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 that play. And look, it's all about just you know, you don't, you ain't got to f- uh, pancake anybody. Just you know, yeah. stalemate, just stalemate him, and that's what he did on that one. That that DB didn't go anywhere. Right. Now, and, and I do understand that DB wants to make sure that he. Uh, 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 forces forces back inside and all like that. But I mean, he he that DB didn't even move down the field. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, hard. And it, and it, you go back and you look at that again. You kind of wonder, man, could Georgia went up into overdrive there? Maybe cut that thing back. Yeah, I guess he got his craziness out from that karate kick. What was that, Dave? What was that? Was he trying to do on that picket scramble? Like trying to come back and <laughs> kick that guy in the face? It looks like something out of the Matrix or something. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, could he cut it back? I don't know, maybe. But I know Austin just get in the way. Just put your body in the way and make the DB, DB fight through it. And Austin did. So, uh, yeah, there's been some hidden yardage created by, by downfield blocking. And look, he's being asked to do a lot now, right now, with, with, with Deontay back. So, you know, that's something else to kind of look forward to when Deontay gets back. You know, what can they do with him and moving him around? Good point. You know? Sure. Uh, Kevin Herzog, why do you think Highsmith was less of a factor last night versus the other two games? It happens. There's ebb and flow. They got a good left tackle over there in Colton Miller. I mean, Highsmith had a couple wins. Ball comes out quick. You know, TJ was getting his. So, you know, not always going to be big, big numbers every single week. Well, at one time, uh, Colton Colton Miller on that two-point conversion held him, but Col- Colton's a big boy, man, strong, and he can drop anchor, and he he did on that one. He, he dropped it while holding on to <laughs> uh, uh, Highsmith and all like that. But, uh, you know, sometimes you run up against guys that – and uh, he definitely, I don't think, was able to use much uh, much power against him, against Colton, uh, yeah. Colton Miller there. I think uh, Highsmith had a couple of nice run stops, so didn't he? Uh, probably. I'd, I'd have to go back and check. He burned Miller on an inside spin. I don't know if you've seen that in all 22 yet, Dave, but I mean, you know, that's the patented Highsmith move and he, he beat Miller and the ball just came out. So sometimes you're winning reps and it just doesn't manifest itself on the stat sheet. Right. All right, let's maybe get to one more question from Gary. Do you think the Steelers have a team that can compete deep in the playoffs? I think we're still a ways away from deep playoff run talk right now, just trying to you know hold on to this narrow first place lead in the North right now, beat the Texans. The offense is still too clunky. They're run defense an issue. 
Uh, they're probably not in deep playoff territory right now, but I'm also not really spending a lot of time thinking about the, the long view of this team. I'm just thinking about how to get through the next week. Yeah, re-ask that question two live streams from now because we'll be passed a bye at that point, right? Uh, and we uh, the, the team will have played the Ravens at that point. Uh, I mean, could, could they go four and one? You know, uh, it's it's not unthinkable, I don't think, as, as we sit here right now. Uh, uh, and look, you know, I noted before the season started, I, I thought the front half of the schedule sat up, set, you know, set up uh, better for them uh, overall. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's way too too early. Playoffs. You know, <laughs> you know, Trying to win a keep, game. Just just keep winning games right yeah. now. And then uh, let's let's talk about it, you know, a couple of live streams from now. All right, let's just look at maybe the last couple of questions that came in just to be a little well-rounded in the podcast. Uh, Chris says, do you think Minka's hit on Chubb last week was influ- or influenced the penalty on him last night? Officials in New York in communication with the refs. I heard people mention that. I, I don't think it did. I, I just think I'm just i not buying that. I think they're just putting, uh, putting the onus on on, on uh, forcible contact. You know? Yeah, just protecting the quarterback overly is probably the... Uh, the thought there, and Mike Adesso says, Uncle Dave, I see your boy Tevin Tompkins on my screen right now, so hopefully that's something good. So on that note, we'll wrap things up. Appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate all the uh, support for the channel and for the site and for the Super Chats tonight, so I want to thank you guys. Be back in two weeks and hopefully have some more good things for the Pittsburgh Steelers to talk about. And as always, Dave, thank you for being here tonight. And thank you for putting this on. If you have problems getting this on uh, on 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 Spotify right now, I think Spotify's got an issue right now. If you're 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 having problems uh, with that showing up and all, so I, it's a Spotify issue. But uh, uh, thank you everybody for showing up uh, again, and peace and love to everybody. All right, this will be archived on Steelers Depot in just a little bit. So if you want to replay the live stream, you can go back and watch it there. Thank you guys for watching and hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you soon.